Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back. It is the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. We've got Kramer on the other side of the glass. Very happy to go out to the leadoff hotline because Sean Pendergast hosts mornings in Houston on Sports Radio 610. Not 610 Sports Radio. Sports Radio 610 down in Houston. He's going to help us uh, preview this Texans matchup with the Chiefs. Sean Pendergast, how are you doing this morning, my friend? I'm doing good. What's happening, BK? How are you, man? I'm doing well, my friend. All right, let's look at this matchup because nationally the storyline has been very simple, and it started in a big way yesterday. They are all saying this is the next Brady and Manning. The current matchup between Watson and Mahomes is the next Brady and Manning where do you stand on this as the next quote-unquote rivalry in the AFC? It's been a big topic down here, too. I, I've, I've really felt that way since last season. I mean, this is a game that I've been looking forward to really since last season because, we, you know, the schedule, the NFL schedule is very formulaic. We know who's going to play who for the most part every year except for a couple of variable games. So this is one game that as you started to look ahead to 2019, you go, man, this is going to be pretty cool. Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson are linked together in so many ways. Obviously, two picks apart in the 2017 draft, but they're also pretty close friends. They've worked out together before. They've got common coaches. Um, I think they have a lot in common from a personality standpoint. They both seem like guys who are sort of wired the same way. And I think the biggest thing, and I know that's been a big topic. I saw on your Twitter feed this week that this yeah. is a big topic, too, is who's going to be the foil for Patrick Mahomes, you know, once the Brady's and the Big Ben's and the Phillip Rivers all go, um, you know, who's going to be that guy? I, I don't know who it could be in the AFC, at least. In the we're just talking the AFC. I don't know who it could be other than Deshaun Watson, because the biggest thing that links these guys is that the two of them, the two of them, continually find themselves on these on these tweets each week that the only ones to do this in the first X amount of games are. You know, it's usually like Dan Marino, Kurt Warner, and then Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. Like, these guys have been that good right out of the shoot. Mahomes has obviously accomplished more from a team perspective, and he won the MVP last year. Um, but Deshaun Watson, I don't think, is, is that far behind. And he's, he's continuing to correct a lot of the things that have plagued him over the last year and a half in terms of just getting rid of the ball quickly, making better decisions. We're talking to Sean Pendergast. He hosts mornings down in Houston on Sports Radio 610. We appreciate him joining us here on the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. All right, so I gave out a few numbers a minute ago because I think here in Kansas City, Sean, we get into this mindset of Mahomes is the best and nobody else is good. Like, we've just we arrived at a place where we've never been before and now we've got the guy here in Kansas City. And so we're just blinded and don't believe that anybody else in the NFL has good quarterbacks in the, in, anymore. So I put out these numbers. Deshaun Watson's rankings among quarterbacks in the Super Bowl era through their first three seasons. He's first in completion percentage, third in yards per attempt, fourth in touchdown percentage, second in quarterback rating behind only Mahomes. I mean, the guy's been incredible, and yet I hear nationally a lot of people don't include him in their quote-unquote elite quarterbacks. 
We had uh, a couple of guys from your station on earlier this week. We had both uh, John McClain and Seth Payne on. Both of them said he's working his way into the elite tier, but he's not there yet. Do you find him there? Because I've got him there already. I've got him among my top four quarterbacks in the NFL. Where do you have him among your kind of hierarchy of NFL quarterbacks? He's top five right now for me. I don't know where I would have had him coming into the season just because of the way last season ended. It was a pretty disappointing end to the season. Um, but he's he's top five right now for me. As of, you know, currently week six in, in 2019, you know, uh, he's among, the, among the top five quarterbacks who take a field currently in the in the NFL. I, you and I went back and forth on this a little bit, I think, during the offseason about young quarterbacks and who you would take. And I, I was pretty emphatic. I would take Watson – over anybody, including Mahomes. And the reason why, and I love Patrick Mahomes, don't get me wrong, he's a tremendous player. But I think what gets ignored a lot, and maybe it's maybe it's easier to ignore it in the in the bubble that you guys are in up there because you're around the Chiefs all the time. But I think what gets ignored in these comparisons is that Patrick Mahomes is just operating in a much better ecosystem, a much more conducive ecosystem to success than Deshaun Watson is. Um, now it's gotten better. The offensive line is better for the Houston Texans with the Laramie Tunsil trade and some of the draft picks that they made. The weapons are better around Deshaun Watson with a healthy Will Fuller, and the backfield has actually been pretty pretty solid this year. Um, the tight ends have been pretty good. But if you were looking at, let's say, 2018, where Mahomes made this MVP-type ascension and Deshaun sort of ascended to pretty good in the minds of a lot of people, and let's not ignore the head coach. I mean, Andy Reid's one of the greatest play caller, play designers that there is. Bill O'Brien's certainly not there yet in Andy Reid's class. I think, I think if you were to swap these two guys and you put Mahomes in Houston and you put Deshaun in Kansas City, I think we're having this same conversation with the names reversed, where Deshaun is a guy who's MVP caliber and Mahomes is a guy who you go, wow, this guy's really talented. Once they get the things fixed around him, he's going to be really, really good. It's interesting. Earlier this week, the host of our afternoon show, Carrington Harrison, put together a hypothetical question of, like, if you were an owner and you said, I can have one of these two options, either option A, I get Andy Reid and Deshaun Watson, or option B, I get Patrick Mahomes and Bill O'Brien, which one would you take? My answer to that question was, give me Andy Reid and Deshaun Watson, because I think there's a bigger gap between Andy Reid and Bill O'Brien than there is between Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. I just think coaching-wise... The gap is bigger than it is between these two quarterbacks. We're talking with Sean Pendergast. He hosts mornings down in Houston on Sports Radio 610. So, Sean, I'm curious because last week the Texans had this huge offensive outburst that was kind of what everybody's been waiting for all season long. Will Fuller was kind of the catalyst behind that one. We still haven't seen that big eruption game from DeAndre Hopkins uh, yet this year. Where do Texans stand, fans stand on this team? Do, do they think the team is good? Like, where are they on what this team is and where they can go? It's really tough. You know, I, I think there's still, I think the jury is still out with a lot of Texan fans on exactly where this team is because they've been so up and down uh, this season. They're three and two, but it's the way they've gotten to three and two. You know, they, they, the first team of the year, they lost to the Saints on Monday night on a last second field goal. And I think a lot of people felt better about the team after that loss than they did after some of the wins they had during the nine-game winning streak last year because of the fact that they you know, took a team that, that a lot of people see as a Super Bowl. Um, it, it should have been a Monday night game. 
And then next week, and they need a two-point conversion stop just to beat Gardner Minshew. They lose to Carolina in week four. Same with Tennessee now as a win at the Chargers to a game that's never won up the Bill So we don't know what to think about this team at this point. That's why this game on Sunday is so big. You know, BK, they've got the Chiefs this weekend, and they've got the Colts in Indianapolis the following week. And one of the questions Seth and I were debating on our show yesterday was, if they're going to go one and one in these next two games, which game would you rather they win? And empirically, you'd, you'd say, well, you would rather they win the division game, right? Sure. Because it means more to tiebreakers and things like that. Seth and I both said, I think I'd rather see them go in and beat Kansas City just because I would feel better about what the ceiling could potentially be for this team. You know, teams lose division road games all the time, and they'll play the Colts again four weeks after that or whatever it is. I'd rather see them go in and beat Kansas City because then I think we'll get a much better feel for how the fan base is buying in to this Texan team. To answer your question, I think the jury's still out with a lot of Texan fans on Bill O'Brien. Uh, I think everybody's all in on Sean Watson. I think he likes the progression of the roster is going in the offseason. It's come together on the field, and absolutely it's lurking in the background is the fact that they operate in the city as the best team in baseball. It's interesting because here in Kansas City, one of the fears is that this isn't the team that we're going to see in January. So I find it interesting that down in Houston, this is kind of the measuring stick game. And I think that's fair. I totally understand that, especially if Tyreek Hill plays in this one. But here in Kansas City, it's kind of a situation where like Sammy Watkins not going to play in it. Eric Fisher, Andrew Wiley, two starters on the offensive line, not going to play in it. Uh, Xavier Williams and Chris Jones, two starters on the defensive line, not going to play. We don't know about a linebacker and Anthony Hitchens. And so here in Kansas City, the view is, well, this isn't the team that we're going to see in January. And so even if the Texans win this game tomorrow, I think a lot of Chiefs fans will view it as, yeah, they beat that team, but the team that they're going to see in January, they still wouldn't be able to. Whereas in Houston, I think the viewpoint, and I think this is totally fair, I understand it, is if you can beat Kansas City in Kansas City, then you could do it again in January if that's ultimately the, th- the team that you have to see. Is that kind of how Houston fans are looking at this? Yeah, I think there's two things that matter with this game with respect to Houston fans, BK. It's venue and it's quarterback. I think those are the two biggest things. I, I get all the stuff going on on the, you know, the injury sheet. The injury sheet right now for this game heavily favors the Texans. It's pretty clean for the Texans right now. And it's pretty dirty for the Kansas City Chiefs right now, that injury sheet. But Patrick Mahomes is obviously going to play at this, in this game. He's going to be a little gimpy, I'm sure. Um, but, but he's Patrick Mahomes. And Kansas City is one of the best home field advantages in football, whether the game's kicking off at noon or it's kicking off at 730. And I think what people in Kansas City need to understand is that's the biggest thing. Here's, let, me, let me tell you something about Deshaun Watson going into venues like that. This is what made the Charger win such a big win for the Texans. Is Deshaun, Wat- Deshaun Watson has started, I think, the numbers 28 games. In, in his rookie year, he went into New England and Seattle, and he left the field late in the game with leads in both of those games that he had to give the Texans in very high-scoring games. The defense cost up the lead both times. In week 16 against the Eagles last year, uh, trying to get a, a bye in the first round of the playoffs, down 13 with five minutes to go. Deshaun Watson, with no weapons out there other than Hopkins with him, leads them back to take a late lead in that game in Philadelphia. The defense costs up a lead. 
We talked about week one against the Saints. Same thing. Deshaun Watson goes down and gets a touchdown in 13 seconds in the last minute of the game. The defense coughs up the lead. It's the ability to close games like this. It's in those games. Those teams all had good quarterbacks and were really hard places to play. That's the commonality with this game. This this is a game where Deshaun Watson, I think, can stand in and trade blows with Patrick Mahomes. I think he can give the Texans a lead late in this game. The defense has got to hold the lead, and the Texans have to close the deal. I've got about a minute left here, Sean. I've always been told, don't ask double-barreled questions. I'm going to do it right here. I'm going to break that rule. My question for you is, one, what's the Texans' running game? Because that is clearly, without question, the biggest weakness that this Chiefs defense has. It's been atrocious against the run. I know you saw that last week on a national stage for Sunday Night Football. So what's the Texans' running game going to be like? What are you expecting from that? And what is ultimately your prediction for this game, Sean? said all week my prediction is totally dependent on whether or not Tyreek Hill plays in this game if he plays I'm going to pick the Chiefs if he doesn't play I'm going to pick the Texans in this one he is Sean Pendergast he is one of the best in the business he hosts mornings down in Houston on sports radio 610 you can follow him on Twitter at Sean T Pendergast Sean always appreciate the time man thanks so much for hopping on with us today absolutely you do the same that's Sean Pendergast joining us here on the leadoff on 610 Sports Radio. I apologize for the phone quality there. Nothing we can do about that. Sometimes it happens in uh, in live in live radio. Most of it, I think, was pretty good. All right. He said one thing in that interview that I find fascinating, and I think it's a very similar characteristic that both Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson have and something they've been dealing with in their young careers. We'll get to that coming up on the other side. Plus, I said that I would be picking the Chiefs if Tyreek Hill is playing. I said that I would pick against them if Tyreek Hill doesn't play. It's the first real adversity we've seen from Patrick Mahomes. How's he going to respond? We'll do it all on the other side as we wrap this thing up. It is the leadoff. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. Uh, 